Well, we told you Christmas is lit at Central. Can we just show appreciation for those kids and their ministry as well, please? So we began a series a couple weeks ago that we called Lit. And we're focusing on the fact that Christ is the light of the world. And each week, we've been giving you an opportunity through social media to be able to go ahead and interact with us on some question dealing with Christmas. And so today, I want to encourage you to go ahead and take your phones out, pull up the Central or Christ-Centered Church Facebook page or Instagram or Twitter, and I want you to answer this question. What is your favorite Christmas movie. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Go ahead, take a minute for that and go ahead and interact with us because we'd like to hear from you if you would. So what is your favorite Christmas movie? And what is it that you find when you're thinking about Christmas and when Christmas comes would be your favorite Christmas movie? Mark that in, and we'd appreciate it. And I'd really appreciate if you'd do that, because we'd like to get a full response from everybody today. So take the time, if you would. You know, when I was growing up, one of the things my father would often talk about is there's certain people in life that are straight shooters. They just speak the truth, and they speak it in a way that allows you to totally understand, without any questions whatsoever, what they mean. One of those guys he would often refer to as a straight shooter was John Wayne. He was one of his favorite actors, and John Wayne is a Hollywood star, is someone who just told it as it was. Or another one that he would represent and recommend to me was former President Harry S. Truman. Harry Truman would just speak the truth, no matter what anybody else said, no matter what else was going on politically, he'd speak the truth. There's another group of people who are truly straight shooters, and that's the current generation. See, a survey was done in the United Kingdom of 3,000 young adults age 18 to 25. And they were asked to name the top five things critical for them to have a quality of life. Freedom of speech was number one. Number two was hot water. Number three was internet access. That was the top three in regards to what they needed. And you know, I can understand that. Because my wife and I have often said, you know, when the time comes that our kids have to put us in a home, all we want to know that we're going to have access to is the internet and our iPad. And if we have those two things, we'll be set off pretty well. But that's what they said. Internet access. They were at least giving their honest response. Christ was a straight shooter. The passage of scripture we're going to look at today is it's coming to the end of his earthly ministry. And he realizes he has one last chance to give the truth to the Jewish people. I have a friend who has a podcast called Real Truth Real Quick. And it's a short podcast that he broadcasts once a week for the whole purpose of just giving the truth 
in a straightforward manner. So today, what I want to do in this message is to give you real truth, real quick, for real change. Because I want you to see how clearly Christ spoke. John chapter 12. John chapter 12, starting in verse 35. Christ said this. So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he's going. Next verse. Verse 36. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you might become sons of light. Stay on that verse right here. Notice what he says. While you have the light, meaning while I am with you, believe in the light. All through the Gospel of John, John repeats over and over again this theme. Believe, believe. Put your faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone. So what he's saying here is this. You've got the light. Believe it and become it. He says that you can become the sons of light. What Christ is saying here first is this. Get in the light. The first thing in order to understand what it means to walk in the light, you got to get in the light. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Some of you, though, are trying to deal with your sin on your own. Because you have this idea that somehow God is going to take all the good things you've done and all the bad things you've done, and hopefully the good will outweigh the bad. And you'll be able to get into heaven just based on what you do. The problem is, God says this, to get into heaven, you've got to be perfect. 100% perfect. See, you got to ask the question. To be fair, how much sin could God let in to heaven? 1%? 5%? 10%? Half a percent? The problem is God says, no, zero. Zero. It's like Olympic athletes. When they test, have their blood tested to see if there's any trace of drugs, they are either totally clean or contaminated. Or when you're giving blood, they check your blood to make sure there's no impurities, to make sure that there's no disease in your blood. 100%, you got to be 100% clean. See, God says to get into heaven, you got to be 100% perfect. That's the bad news. But the good news is this. Christ came as the light of the world to pay for your sin. So all of your sin was laid on him on a cross like this one here. And Christ is saying, the first thing you got to do is get in the light by believing in him. Not just believing that he existed, but believing he paid for your sins was buried, came back to life, and that was enough. Last week at the Christmas store, had the privilege to participate in the prayer room. 
I got to tell you, we ministered, I think it was close to 78 families in the Christmas store. Thank you so much for your generosity. Yeah, praise God for that. Thank you for your service. And the toys that were left, just sidelight here, the toys that were left were given to Living Hope Church in Trenton. They had their Christmas story yesterday, and I saw pictures. My brother sent them to me, the ministry, and it just kept going and going and going because of your generosity. Anyway, thank God for that. But I was sitting in this prayer room, and I was asking people, how can I pray for you? And I felt the pain, the hurt, the sorrow, the tears. And I thought, what an awesome opportunity through the Christmas store for us to show the love and light of Christ and to pray with them and share the gospel and to trust and invite them to come to church. Todd, i got to tell you something fun. As I was talking to people, Todd works with our webcast that we do at 11 o'clock on Facebook Live and, and through YouTube. I would invite people to church to come to a service. And you'd see people say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd like to come. And, why, and, and it was like, oh, yeah, that's polite. This is nice. You're giving us toys. Sure, I'll come to your church sometime. But then I said this, you know, at 11 o'clock, we broadcast live on Facebook, and I saw eyes light up. And I said, so it's kind of like you can kick the tires and see if we're the kind of church you're looking for. And over and over again, they said, okay, how do we get that? How do we get that? So thanks, Todd, for your ministry. Appreciate it so much. But see, the gospel says, I have the light. I believe in the light. And then Christ says, so you can become sons of light. See, you don't have to try to be the light. You are the light. Christ said this, I am the light of the world. Then he says, you are the light of the world. And so he says, get in the light. John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus said this, I am the light of the world. Read it with me. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We walk around all the time and see people looking for answers, looking for hope, looking for promise. And we can say, get in the light. Get in the light. But secondly, he wants us to stay in the light. See, many people ask me, Pastor, when I read the Bible, I see there's the gospel of John. But then I see a number of letters at the end of the Bible that are written by John 2. What's the difference between the gospel of John and the letters, or sometimes in the Bible it says the epistles of John? Well, see, the gospel of John was written that you might believe. The letters of John were written because you believe. The gospel of John is about faith. The letters of John are about Fruit. The gospel of John is about the milk of the gospel. The letters of John is the meat of the gospel. The gospel of John teaches justification by faith, being declared righteous by faith. The letters of John teach how to be sanctified or become like Christ because of your faith. So now let's go over to 1 John. Chapter 1, verse 5. 
This is the message we've heard from him and proclaimed to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not only are we called to get in the light and to stay in the light, but to experience the light. See, he is the light who provided you light in your darkness of sin. But God says, I want you to experience the light. And there's three things you can experience. The first is cleansing. Cleansing. Look at verse 7. He says this, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And I love the last part. The blood of Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That word cleanses is written in a tense that means he continuously cleanses us from all sin. See, when you trust Christ as your Savior and you choose to walk in the light, you experience cleansing all through the day. As you're walking with Him, His Spirit brings things to your mind to deal with, to take care of. And as you're walking in the light, the Spirit almost holds your hand and brings you grace and truth. He brings you grace that your sin's been paid for, but he also shows you truth that needs to be dealt with. He says the blood of his son continually cleanses us from all sin. Can we thank God right now for that fact that his blood not just paid for your sin, but it continues to cleanse you from all your sin. Pastor Matt Chandler came home one night and found his son in the living room playing a game on his Xbox. That wouldn't have been bad, except his father had told him, make sure you clean your room and do your chores. So when he got home, he asked his son, he said, did you clean your room? His son said, yeah, I did. He said, did you do the other chores? He said, what other chores? He said, remember, you're supposed to vacuum the first floor. He said, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He said, okay, well, go do your other chore to vacuum the first floor of our home. And Pastor Chandler says about 45 seconds later, he hears the vacuum cleaner turn off. And he goes to his son and he said, what's going on? And his middle, age, middle um, school age son said, I'm done. He said, you vacuumed the whole floor of our house? Yeah, I did. He said, son, even Superman couldn't have vacuumed our whole first floor in 45 seconds. He said, dad, I did it. So, Matt writes, I did what a loving father would do. I grabbed his hand and said, let's walk around and see. And we walked around the house. And over in this corner, found an entire bag of goldfish crackers they looked like someone had intentionally dumped on the floor and danced on them. I turned to my son, Reed, did you vacuum this? Oh, I didn't see it, he said. He said, all right, let's go over to this side. 
And he found another similar kind of thing, saltine crackers that were on the floor. Did you vacuum this? Oh, I didn't see that. Mad Chandler then says, if it's on the floor and you vacuum the entire floor, it should be cleaned up. Oh, I didn't know that, he said. So we vacuumed and we walked around and I showed him what needed to be done. And it reminded me, Pastor Chandler says, of the line in the Gospel of John where Jesus says, we will make our house with you. Because that is what the Holy Spirit does. He takes us around the house of our heart and says, hey, look, see those crushed up goldfish? It's going to be awesome when they're gone. Bugs are going to get in here and bad stuff's going to happen. It's going to start smelling. So let's get cleaned up. See, that's what Christ does. He provides continual cleansing as you walk in the light. How do you walk in the light? By opening the word. By praying. By fellowshipping with other believers. You walk in the light and as you do, there's continual cleansing. What's the second thing? A second thing that takes place, there's conviction. There's conviction. Look at verse 8. It says this, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. You say, well, I don't ever say I'm not a sinner. That's not what it's saying. It's saying if you say in your heart, I'm good. No issues. Nothing to deal with. You're deceiving yourself. Because we've all got stuff. And God, through his spirit, brings conviction to our heart. So what do we do with it? Don't hide. Don't make excuses. Fess up. So you can clean up. Conviction comes as a result of walking in the light. So that when you're sitting there and you're reading the truth, God speaks to you. There's cleansing. There's conviction. There's confession. Confession, look at verse 9. It says this. Read it with me. If we confess our sins, read it again. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What an awesome truth that when you walk in the light, there's cleansing. When you walk in the light, there's conviction as to what God is telling you needs to be put back into line. But there's confession. I want you to look carefully at this verse. This verse is written to believers who are already in the light, but we sometimes don't experience the light. So when sin begins to start to take hold, John is saying, confess your sins. Notice what it doesn't say. Beg to God for forgiveness. It says confess. Confess, homologao, the original word, literally means to see sin as God sees sin. I messed up. That's why the scripture says if we confess our sins to one another, 
pray for one another, we'll be healed. But here it's saying, confess our sins to him. He then is faithful and just. Faithful, meaning he'll do it over and over and over again. Just, because he already paid for him, to forgive your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Confession. About 13 years ago, a homeowner named Jerry Lynn was trying to figure out where he could put a hole in his wall for a TV wire. He went up to the second floor of his house and lowered his wife's alarm clock on a string through an air vent. CNN reported this story. He said, quote, I figured I could listen to the alarm when I set it off to go off after 10 minutes, and I know where to put the hole. Well, he went up the second floor, put the alarm clock on the string, put it through the air vent, but the problem is the string broke. So the clock went down into the wall. He listened where it was so he knew where to put the TV wire. But he could still hear the clock. Every day for 13 years, that alarm would go off at the same time. Beep, 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 beep. Jerry Lynn said at first it was kind of fun. Then it was like a novelty. But after 13 years of hearing that beeping that you could hear from any point in the house, I decided it was time to get it out. So a hole was put through the wall and the clock was taken out. What's that have to do with confession? God, through his spirit, comes to you. Beep, beep, beep. And some of you just keep pretending it's not there. And you just start to live with it. But he says, if you want real peace, if you want real joy, get the clock out of the wall. That's what it means to experience the light. See, too often what we do we sweep it under the rug instead of confessing and being cleansed. And it affects the conviction in our heart. Christ said, I'm the light of the world. Get in the light by putting your faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone. Christ said, now that you're in the light, stay in the light. Experience the light through cleansing, through conviction, through confession. And when you do, you'll then be prepared to share the light. Because we have been given the greatest truth of all, the gospel, which says God loves you. He desires to lighten your life to fill you with joy, to fill you with peace, not only when you meet him face to face, but today. Walk in the light, because you are the light, and you become children of light.
Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the truth of your word. And I thank you, Father, for the way that you continue to work in our lives as we submit ourselves to you. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of telling others. And I pray today that we'll truly just enjoy who you are so we can share that message with others. Father, we live in a world filled with darkness and confusion. And it's time for us as your people to shine your light. Father, work in our hearts. Fill us with conviction. Fill us with a sense of purpose that we are here to tell others. Let us proclaim it from the mountaintop. Let us proclaim it in our homes. Let us tell everybody about Christ, who is the light. And may our lives be consistent with what we say. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.